If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We had a bunch of primaries last night. What should you think about it? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about George Soros, Matt Palumbo. The FBI is still targeting you. All that's coming up on I'm Right. I want you to picture something. I want you to picture your home. Just your home. You, anyone who lives with you, it's your home, right? And I want you to picture you need a plumber, right? You're gonna need a plumber. Everyone needs a plumber at some point in time. So you call a plumber, he shows up in your home and doesn't fix the plumbing. In fact, he makes it all worse. You wake up that night, you got raw sewage dripping down your walls, all the thousands of dollars in damage, water damage, total nightmare. Call him back, call the plumber. Uh, shows up, does it again. This time you're mad. This time you're super mad. You call a different plumber. I'm done with that other bum. You call a different plumber. He shows up once again, makes it worse. Soon, your home is flat out dangerous. You have black mold. People are falling through the floors. It's a disaster. And then, get this, you find out, I, I've been paying these plumbers you've been calling, and I've been telling them, you know, I give them money, and I tell them, hey, when you go in there, wreck that home. Make everything worse. Do you think you'd do something about that? Do you think you would maybe call the cops, have me arrested. Maybe you'd physically confront me yourself. 
maybe you would get a lawyer, sue me to know it. You would do something about that, right? Of course you would. You're a sane human being. Of course you would. What if you didn't, though? What if you found out, oh, man, Jesse's paying all these plumbers to wreck the house, and then you picked up the phone once again and called the same plumbers and brought them back in? Whose fault would that become? Would that become my fault? Or would that now be your fault for not doing anything about it? We talk about George Soros a lot. And George Soros is absolute pond scum. He is a human skid mark and can't check out fast enough. That's true. George, George Soros was born in Hungary. He's not even allowed back in his home country. He's banned from countries like Hungary, Russia, and others. Why? George Soros is a communist subversive who is trying to destroy free societies. But that's not the worst part. The worst part is George Soros, he does this out in the open. He's not hiding all those crimes that are going through the roof in American cities. Murder, rape, arson, theft. They're all because these district attorneys take in these criminals who commit crimes, turn around, turn them loose, they go right back out and do what they do and commit crimes. Those district attorneys are there because George Soros funded them and put them there on purpose. But wait, that's not the worst part either. George Soros, after funding DA, these DAs, putting them in the cities, causing murder and mayhem in city after city after city, death and misery widespread in the country. After doing this, George Soros, the foreign-born billionaire, not only did all that, he actually feels completely comfortable penning an article in the Wall Street Journal bragging about doing it and saying, announcing, not only did he do it, he has no intention of stopping. Quote, I have supported the election of prosecutors who support reform. I've done it transparently. I have no intention of stopping. But that's actually not the worst part either. I know what you're probably asking by now. Well, my word, what is the worst part? The worst part is we allow it. We're the United States of America. We're a sovereign country. Land of the free, all that. Winners of World War II. We landed on the moon. Revolution. All these things. All these things we are rightly proud of as Americans. The United States of America lacks the will, lacks the desire to take care of this problem. I have asked you so many times before, and it's a rhetorical question, I know, but... Let me, allow me to ask you again. I want you to think of any nation in history, anyone, any nation of significance, whatever. I don't care if it's the Mongols, Egypt, ancient Rome, Greece, Britain at its height, the Ottoman Empire. I don't, I don't care what the nation is. You tell me the nation in the history of the world that would allow a foreign-born rich guy to intentionally cause murder and mayhem within its borders. Not one of them would. Every single one of the countries that have ever existed would stop that problem. They would in their own way, but they all would stop that problem. Here in America, he sits down and publishes articles in the Wall Street Journal giving the double middle finger to the entire country, and we allow it. And that is why, and believe me when I tell you it pains me to say this, and that is why we will not be a country within 100 years. We don't want to be. Yeah.
Joining me now, my friend Matt Palumbo. He's the author of the book, if you'd like to know more about this, The Man Behind the Curtain Inside the Secret Network of George Soros. Matt, who is this guy, and why does he have such a hard-on for America? He's from Hungary. Uh, well, well, he has a hard-on for a lot of countries, uh, but America mostly. Um, I mean, I think the most obvious reason is he is a man who likes influence for the sake of influence. He likes control, and he likes power, and... I mean, where else are you going to get more of that than the most powerful country in the world? There's going to be uh, more of an ROI in infiltrating our government than the government of, uh, I don't know, Romania, for instance. So that's, uh, you know, what, why he spent so much time here. Uh, and actually, when he moved to America, his initial plan was to make $100 million and then move back uh, or move back to Europe. Uh, clearly, he realized there was much more opportunities here and has uh, been ruining our country ever since. Why is he banned from Hungary? Uh, I mean, mainly just for infiltrating their country. Um, he actually, he's, I mean, we all know him from infiltrating or, or influencing political campaigns for going local in our politics. Um, back in the 90s, he started a, a university called Central European University based out of Hungary. And I uh, was more or less accused of trying to ideologically subvert the country. Um, their, their most recent president has, you know, launched a very big anti-Soros campaign. Um, again, Victor Orban uh, has launched an uh, anti-Soros campaign against him. Um, what, one of the great ironies of history, actually, is that when Orban was a law school student, he was uh, more center-left politically. Soros actually funded his law degree. Um, he ended up going to the right later on and became one of Soros' greatest enemies, uh, culminating in him banning Soros from the country and kicking Central European University out of the country. It's now in Italy. Matt, George Soros obviously pumps all this money into the United States of America. As you know, you wrote the book on it. We talk about it often. How's that legal? How's he get away with that? You know, it, it's, you know, it, within our laws, it's largely, um, you know, counted as free speech. Um, you know, I, I would say that there has been a um, measurable harm from, from this. And, you know, I, I don't know if anyone wants to try and pioneer a lawsuit uh, if they have the funds. But, yeah, it, it's... Uh, I mean, mainly it's just uh, that that's going to be the defense. And, and, you know, we're in a country, for instance, where, you know, the libel laws, are, it makes it very hard to sue people over that. And, and, and likewise, when you're, uh, you know, sort of influencing by proxy in the way he does, it does make it hard to navigate legally. Um, in fact, you know, for that reason, really, the only countries he's been thrown out of are those that have, uh, you know, aren't known for having uh, as strong uh, freedom of the press laws. So, uh, you know, there is a balance there. And, you know, we have to fight back within the laws we're given, which I just think means expose him where he is, expose his networks, expose the organizations uh, and the people who, who work for them. All right. Well, he's been exposed. He's been doing this a long time. And his district attorneys are causing murder and mayhem across all of our great cities in the United States of America. We can't there's nothing within our laws to stop that, to ban this man from the country in the very least, if not place him under arrest? Uh, I mean, I, I wish there was. If you have any ideas, I'm 100% on board, obviously. Um, but but going off the whole uh, lo local D uh, DAs and all that, you know, there's a lot of liberals seem to just are, are thinking in terms of ideology. So we saw that with the whole defund the police movement. And uh, while those crazies are never going to change, we are seeing the more average voter in places like San Francisco and Los Angeles uh, as insufferably liberal as they are, um, draw the line with some of these DAs. We just saw Chase Abudin recalled, and it looks like George Gascone is also going to be recalled soon. Now, I don't think these voters are going to really learn much from it. They're going to find someone who's slightly less liberal, uh, but Soros is at least over the, the threshold where they, they can't really take it anymore. Uh, and these are people who are on the progressive left.
Okay, the DA stuff is stuff we've talked about extensively. What else does he fund? Is he well, how many how many pies does this guy have his fingers in in this country? Right. So the the uh, Open Society Foundation is his main vehicle. Um, you know, I would compare it to a conglomerate where he's given uh, he spent you know twenty to thirty billion dollars over his career. He's given uh, tens of billions uh, to it in his later stages of life. Um, and from there, they give you know to hundreds to thousands of organizations a year. You know, some of them are household names like MoveOn.org or the Center for American Progress, um, and, and just you know a lot of Black Lives Matter adjacent groups. Um, and you know the the Owen Society Foundation every year they they put out a report that almost reads like an annual report for a corporation. Uh, you can just go read that and just see exactly where it's going. In fact, at the end of my book, uh, I put together a pretty lengthy table just so people could access it uh, more easily. Uh, and then one of the other things he does too is sort of uh, some people have, have compared it to money laundering, but he sort of funds it's a sort of funds of funds way of going about things. So he'll give billions to the Tides Foundation, which themselves is almost like a mini open society foundation that then distributes it to other left wing groups. And you know, is that because he's trying to hide where exactly that money is going? Uh, that's one theory, but he doesn't. He seems pretty open about funding insanity as a whole. Matt, that's one of the things that blows me away about this whole thing is this guy's not funding death and destruction in our country in secret. Everyone knows his name. You wrote a freaking book on it. He's yeah. publishing articles in the Wall Street Journal bragging about doing it and saying he's not going to stop. We're not a serious country. No, and if you read that Wall Street Journal article, he was so he was defending the DAs he's funded. And then he was blaming the crime rise and other things that he's funded, but then denied that he funded it. So, for instance, he was saying, you know, these cities, the crime increase isn't because of the DAs. It's because we had these COVID lockdowns and it hurt people's mental health. Well, George Soros in April penned an op-ed arguing for COVID lockdowns and, and all those sorts of restrictions. So he's supporting all these things he's blaming it on. Uh, he also said, you know, a lot of the reason cops aren't enforcing the law is because of the George Floyd protests, where now they're afraid of pushback. Well, almost every single one of these DAs he, he's... Uh, He's funded, and I did an article compiling the quotes recently, is very anti-cop. They are, you know, every cop nowadays knows that in every possible interaction, how is it going to look through a viral video that you see 20 seconds of on Twitter? And when you're within that kind of uh, mindset where anything can be easily easily twisted, uh, and you know these DAs and the mayors won't have your back, uh, you have to be very take a very conservative approach to policing, and that's the environment he's created. And now he's trying to blame some other figure that's not him for the exact situation he's created. Matt Palumbo, the book is the man behind the curtain. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. While career criminals are being turned loose from jail to commit more crimes in places like L.A., Philadelphia, New York, if you sauntered into the Capitol building on January 6th, you are having the book thrown at you. Joseph McBride is going to join us next and update us on some of this stuff. It is... Two-tier justice system doesn't even describe it. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Let me make you a little bit more uncomfortable. I talk to cattle ranchers. I talk to people in the food service industry, people who own restaurants, and I probe them a little bit on how supply, how are prices, how are you feeling about this, and especially my restaurant friends, because I've noticed they're changing menus, and they'll, you know what they tell me? Jesse, we can't get food. These are restaurateurs. Hey, I, I love this. Why, why can't I get this anymore on the menu? We don't have regular access to it. And they say it's getting worse, and their suppliers are telling them it's getting worse. 
I don't know where this ends. I hope we get this stuff worked out more than anything. What if we don't? What if you wake up and you can't go to the grocery store for food for your family? Do you have any kind of emergency food kit in your home? Get one for everyone in your home. If it's just you, just get one. If it's four, you get four of them. Go to preparewithjessikelly.com. What you'll see there is a three-month food kit, emergency food kit, $150 off, courtesy of My Patriot Supply. Preparewithjessikelly.com. Go now. We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. There's not going to be a one-sixer that will not be persecuted for their political ideology. No matter if you are a liberal, if you're an independent, if you're a Republican, this is not okay. The way that people protest in the future will be determined on their political ideology if it's okay to charge them or not charge them. That's the wife of Guy Reffitt, I believe I'm saying that correctly. He just got seven years in prison, never even entered the Capitol building. Joining me now, Joseph McBride, founder of the McBride Law Firm. Joseph, what did this devastating career criminal do to get seven years in prison he gave a speech outside of the capitol not even a speech he had some conversations outside of the capitol uh on the capitol grounds not in the building probably conversations that he should not have had but those were protected conversations nonetheless they were grounded in political speech he did not go into the capitol on january 6 when you compare and contrast his words with the very pointed instructions that someone like Ray Epps gave to multiple members of the crowd and led the attack on, on different fronts that day, the two are incomparable. Guy Reffitt has done far less. Be that as it may, because he's a Trump-supporting Republican, he has been sentenced to over seven years in prison. Ray Epps has not even been charged. It's a double standard. There's no question about it. Okay, why? I've seen the videos. I know, obviously, you've seen the videos. Ray Epps, it's on videotape encouraging this. Why is this man wandering around free getting puff pieces in the New York Times? Because this is the first time in the history of this very beautiful and storied republic that the party who is in power is hunting down and jailing members of the opposition party because of political dissidents. It is clear as to what is happening. There is a marriage between the White House, the Department of Justice, and the mainstream media. It is disgusting, un-American, and wrong. Joseph, you've represented multiple January 6th defendants, and I'm going to ask you about their stories in a second, but I do want to ask about Guy and his son. Did his own son turn him in? 
Unfortunately, that is the situation. These are the kinds of tales that we heard about growing up when we heard about Nazi Germany and the infiltration of the Stasi into people's houses and homes. And, and you know, during the communist regimes, various regimes where one person would turn in a brother or sister for, for reasons that uh, normal people cannot conceive or imagine. My understanding is that he have, he was barely 18 when this happened. And I think there is a distinct possibility that the FBI may have approached him before his 18th birthday. Uh, be that as it may, it was in fact his son uh, who turned him in. And that is a, uh, a very troubling thing. Ugh, God have mercy. All right. The other January 6 people you've represented, their stories, I mean, there are so many heartbreaking stories, but they're your stories to tell and not mine. Tell them, please. Indeed. Uh, Richard Barnett, 60 years old at the time he showed up at the Capitol, nonviolent protester, had his feet up on a desk in, in, in Nancy Pelosi's office. They kept him in jail. They beat him. He abu they abused him. We got him out. Uh, Christopher Quaglin, he is a shirt off your, uh, shirt off your back kind of guy, all-American guy, no criminal record, has celiac disease, is objectively being tortured in jail. He's been tortured for over a year. They're feeding him the wrong food. He's been beaten. He's been starved. He's been medically and psychologically tortured. We have filed a habeas petition in his case that we're going to argue in front of Judge McFadden this month. Ryan Nichols, a uh, United States Marine Corps veteran. He uh, gave a speech uh, that day, but it was a political speech nonetheless. He saw some people who were in trouble. He took action to, uh, to help and assist people who were being brutalized by the police. The government wants 20 years in jail. He has PTSD from his time in military service, and uh, we have filed a habeas petition in his case as well. I represent uh, multiple other criminal defendants. I've taken people before the January 6th committee, and I have a few civil rights cases um, in, 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 the, in the books as, as well. We are going to prosecute those civil rights cases to the fullest extent of the law. We are going to defend uh, our clients to the fullest extent that the constitutional will allow. But make no mistake about it, we are uh, not in normal waters. We are in, uh, it feels like a post-constitutional uh, era. In a normal set of circumstances, these guys would all be out. They would be with their families because of their lack of criminal history, because they're not violent, or are they a flight risk? But because these are January 6th related cases and they've been branded by uh, the establishment as insurrectionists and terrorists, they're being treated uh, like uh, as if they, they, they blew up the Capitol when in fact that never happened. We are going to fight nonetheless because the fate of our republic is at stake. How goes these cases will determine uh, how free speech uh, political dissidents and the Constitution is applied uh, across the board going forward. And a message to to members of, of, of the opposition party: If you're a, a, a Democrat or you're somebody who does not support the Republican way of life, that is okay. But one day, uh, power will change, and it's going to be you who's on the other side of this dynamic. And when you speak out against the the, the political decisions that you don't like you're going to go to jail based on these cases. It's not good now. It won't be good then. The fight is now, and we have to win. Joseph, there's a troubling piece up in The Federalist today that Liz Cheney 
coordinated a campaign to prevent the National Guard from coming on January 6th. I've heard, January, I've heard Nancy Pelosi didn't want the National Guard. Joseph, can you explain why Liz Cheney, Nancy Pelosi wouldn't want the National Guard to protect these sacred buildings? We have been on this since Jump Street. We believe that this was an inside job. That is no conspiracy theory. That is based on over a year and a half's worth of investigation, conferring with investigators, lawyers, pouring over material, the, 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 the multitude of police failures that took place that day. And oh, by the way, you have members, sitting members of Congress like Liz Cheney, who advocated and said, hey, there will be consequences if the military is sent to the Capitol on January 6th. Nancy Pelosi didn't like the optics. Mayor Muriel Bowser didn't like the optics either. And as a result, you have some officers that were fed to, the, to, to, to a big crowd. They had no way to defend themselves. They had no way to police that situation. You had provocateurs who were in the crowd uh, causing trouble and discord. And again, you have someone like Liz Cheney who for all intents and purposes, it appears that she wanted this to happen so as to create conditions where she could persecute free speech and, of course, get to Donald Trump. The Democratic Party, in their bloodlust to go after President Trump, has destroyed thousands of lives, thousands of families, good men and women's lives and children's lives at this point in time because they are possessed with a bloodlust to get to President Trump to create a nexus between him and the, and, and the violence that should have never taken place that day. It was foreseeable. It was avoidable. People like Liz Cheney and Nancy Pelosi could have stopped it. They decided not to stop it. They are the ones who are truly at fault. Joseph McBride, go get him, my man. Keep fighting the good fight. We may need you one day ourselves. Appreciate you, brother. Take care. Primary night was last night. All this talk about primaries. Oh, my goodness. Missouri, Washington, Arizona. What do we make of all this? Josh Hammer will show up. He's a smart guy. Break it all down for us. Did we win? Did we lose? He'll talk. We'll talk to Josh about that next. Let's talk about you being stuck in your timeshare first, though. You have a timeshare you want out of. You're calling, calling, emailing. I can't get out, I can't get out. They're not letting you out, are they? That's what they do. They put it all in the fine print. Annual fees endlessly. Special assessments endlessly. You can't get out. Lone Star Transfer will get you out. You are not stuck in your timeshare. Lone Star Transfer has helped over 16,000 people. We're talking about a family business here. A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. And here's this. This is the best part. They guarantee it. They guarantee the release of all liability to your timeshare. They do it in writing and in a specific time frame. They will get you out. Make one phone call. One phone call. Call 844-310-2646. 844-310-2646. Or let the, go to LoneStarTransfer.com. You're not stuck. Get out. Call them today. I'm not nervous. I, I feel like we've worked so hard. We've connected with so many Arizonans. Uh, you know, I guess if I'm nervous about anything, it's just the level of cheating that they will do. That was Carrie Lake from yesterday talking to that very handsome gentleman. Joining me now, 
Josh Hammer, of course, opinion editor, Newsweek, and host of the Josh Hammer Show. Josh, I ran for office in Arizona. I lost twice, not to brag. But in both of my races, it was the same daggone thing we're seeing right now. We don't know. The early votes, votes went one day. Election, election day votes went the other way. And then they have to recount everything 10,000 times. Is it going to be this year before we know who won? First of all, Jesse, the United States would have been better if you were serving in the U.S. Congress. But for your own sanity, I'm kind of happy that you lost. You've got a pretty sweet gig going on now. And I, and I, get, I get to talk to you here on the first. So that's, a, so that's always a good thing. Um, look, the fact that the U.S. election system currently works the way it does, uh, it's really just insane. I mean, compare what we do in the U.S. to what happens over in Europe. I mean, pick your European country, France, Germany, Hungary, Italy, whatever. They don't have any of this drama. I mean, they know very clearly and very quickly who won an election within a few hours of the polls closing. That is the way it should be everywhere. I mean, if you need to hire more poll workers, do it. I, I, I mean, th this notion of early voting, of mass mail-in balloting, you know, apparently the state of Washington, Washington state is an all mail balloting state right now. I, I guess you have, you need to get like a, if I understand it correctly, you need, you need to get a special dispensation, a special carve out to actually go in person. The default presumption is that you will cast your vote over mail. I mean, when did that become an American tradition? I mean, that literally became a custom, I guess, during COVID two years ago. But, you know, this kind of just gives the lie to all of these, you know, Jim Crow 2.0 talking points that the Democratic National Committee has whipped out of the rear end over the past couple of years when Republicans talk about just returning to the pre-COVID status quo. We're not trying to go backwards. All we want to do is literally make it the way it was before this pandemic, which happens to not be particularly worse than the common cold, upended the entire U.S. electoral system. It's really not a radical proposal. Josh, all right, let's... Uh... Let's assume, and that's a really terrible thing to do, let's assume Carrie Lake wins. She's obviously a Trump-backed candidate, bombastic candidate. Do we like her chances there? Is she too far right for Arizona? What kind of a state is this state? Well, you know, like you said, Jesse, you ran for Congress there twice, so I would be remiss if I were to kind of, you know, to tell you what kind of state Arizona is. But look, from my perspective, Governor Ducey has been a very successful and popular governor there in Arizona. And, you know, I, I think if Governor Ducey, who has not endorsed Kerry, like he has endorsed the other candidate here, Robeson, uh, you know, along with Mike Pence, I think if Ducey kind of gets out there and, you know, if assuming Kerry Lake wins, if he kind of lends his full support to her, I, I do like her chances. Look, from a demographic perspective, Arizona historically, of course, is a very red state. I mean, the home of Barry Goldwater, I mean, it really was a very, very red state for decades and decades. Only in recent years has it become purple. But as demographics pertaining to the, to the Hispanic community, the, the Latino community nationwide continue to kind of militate in favor of Republicans, I see that every day here in Florida where I live. If that, if that trend holds, I, I think Republicans will win Arizona this fall. I think Blake Masters will win his Senate race, and I think that Carrie Lake, assuming that she is the nominee, will win the governor's race. But I think it really does partially hinge upon Governor Ducey getting over the fact that his candidate is probably going to lose this gubernatorial primary. And But if he, if, he, if he can get out there, if he can fully endorse Carrie Lake, he is very popular there in Arizona, so I think that does carry her over. Which brings me to my guy. Look, I, I don't like most politicians. I frankly despise them all, especially Republicans, actually. But I am excited about Blake Masters. One, should I be excited about Blake Masters? And can this guy beat Mark Kelly? So I'm a huge fan of Blake's. Um, you know, I, I'm yeah. full disclosure. I'm, I, I'm personal friends with his campaign manager. I'm Aaliyah. I've known her for kind of years. 
Um, I, I don't think this is divulging too much. You know, I, I, I got dinner out when I was at, when, I, when I was in Arizona this past February with Blake and a handful of others. Got to talk to him for a while. Got to know him well. I, I think I, I think he's fantastic. I mean, he is young. He's hungry. He's only 35 years old. He's smart, and most important, he gets it. I mean, to kind of borrow from our friend David Boy, Blake Masters knows what time it is. I mean, he understands that kind of the old platitudes, the old kind of limit government, free market, slash taxes, you know, slash the capital gains tax cover. He knows that all of that is nonsense and, and, and kind of saying, I'm not saying they're bad policies, but kind of relying on that as your platform, not going to cut it. You know, the fundamental divide, Jesse, from my perspective is Ronald Reagan famously said that the most dangerous words were I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Now, I think that was true when Ronald Reagan said it, but that doesn't exactly match what is actually happening in America today. The most dangerous words in America today are, I am the woke ideology and I am here to subjugate you. And I think Blake Masters understands that. He really kind of grasps what time it is, whether it's election integrity, border security, big tech regulation, the Chinese threat, you name it. He gets it. And I am very, very optimistic about the kind of U.S. senator that I expect him to be. I am a huge, huge fan of his. Yeah, me too. All right. What time is it, Josh? Uh, you know, it's probably time for me to have a late afternoon snack. I mean, you know, I, I, Jesse, I know on the radio you like to talk yeah. about uh, what, what, what kind of food we're having. But look, look, politically speaking, the time is that we have to dive in there and fight the culture war with the aim of victory. The, the old playbook was, you know, tax cuts, deregulation, whatever kind of play to live and let live neutrality. That hasn't worked. And it has more because when, you know, liberal leaning conservatives, the conservative establishment, conservatism, Inc., for decades and decades, they have really just plead for kind of traditionalist, religious folks, social conservatives to kind of just, oh, just let us do whatever we want within the confines of our church, our synagogue, our home. It hasn't worked because as Eric Erickson said in 2013, you will be made to care. They want to make us care and they want to make us you know, tow their party line. So we have to present a positive vision of what America is and what America should be. And again, I think candidates like Blake Masters, J.D. Vance, they really understand that. All right, Eric Schmidt in Missouri. Full disclosure, Josh, and I try to stay boned up on this stuff as much as possible because I do it for a living. I kind of tuned out on the Missouri stuff. There was Eric Schmidt. There was this other Eric Greitens or somebody. There was, a, look, I don't know. Eric Schmidt won. Are we happy? So uh, I am happy. Um, you know, I, I think numerous candidates in this primary would, would have been fine. Eric Greitens probably would have been a coin flip at best for a general election, given all of his baggage, which, you know, we can get into if you want to. But I, it's a, it, there's, a, there's a lot of scandalous kind of stuff going on there. So Eric Schmidt, he, he's been a very successful attorney general. I mean, he has done, he, he has been one of the tips of the spear in taking on the Biden administration. When it comes to these state AG offices, the, the state of Texas is kind of usually the red state leader. Ken Paxton is really kind of, kind of the one who's really kind of organizing all of these kind of red state leaders to kind of sue the administration. But Eric Schmidt has been there. He has really fought critical race theory. He's really just been consistently good on the issues. I, I you know, I, I run the op-ed section of Newsweek. I published uh, then Attorney General Schmidt, soon to be Senator Schmidt. I published him, published him in Newsweek um, numerous times. He's very well spoken. I've met him in person. I think that he is solid on the issues. So I, I didn't, I wasn't as public in that primary as I was in my kind of fulsome support for Blake Masters because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that, that that Eric Schmidt is kind of a paradigm shifting and Overton window shifting candidate the same way that a Blake Masters I think has all the potential to be. But he should be a very very solid conservative. He will be a good senator there from Missouri along with Josh Hawley. 
It wasn't all wins last night, at least I don't think. Kansas didn't vote to, or, or wait, they voted to protect abortion rights. I wanted to make sure I got their communist words correctly on it. What am I reading? Kansas is a pretty red state. What happened? This is a great question. I, I've honestly been thinking about this a lot today. So part of the, part of the reason is, I guess there are two things that come immediately to mind. One is Kansas is a red state in theory, right? I mean, like they did usually get around 55 to 60% of their statewide votes go Republican. They have two current Republican senators. At the same time, Chris Kobach lost a statewide election there in 2018. You know, Kathleen Sebelius, before she was an Obama administration cabinet secretary, she was, I, I believe, a two-term governor of Kansas. She was very pro-abortion. George Tiller, the infamous, you know, now deceased late-term abortionist, he was based out of there in Kansas. So the, there's a weird thing going on there in Kansas politics that I don't pretend to fully have my thumb on the pulse of. But the other thing going on here is that this ballot referendum was phrased horribly. I mean, you know, I could read the thing on air if you want me to. It, it was just deeply confusing. I mean, whatever, who, whatever the lawyers were in Topeka, Kansas, there in the state capitol who drafted this thing and put it out before the voters, if you were to kind of submit that to a first-year law school legal writing and research seminar, you would get an F. I mean, it was just overly lawyer language. <laughs> Basically, a lot, of, a lot of the people showed up there. It honestly, to an extent, made it seem like if you voted yes, you were actually voting for abortion, whereas if you were voting yes, in reality, you were actually just voting to oh. remove the Supreme Court's authority. It was just terribly phrased. So those two factors combined, it's, it, it's a setback here, but, you know, pro-lifers, I think we, we have, we'll, we'll march forward. I mean, you know, it's, it's a defeat, but we'll, we'll march forward, Jess. You stinking lawyers, Josh. Josh Hammer. Thanks, buddy. Josh Hammer Show. Go listen. I appreciate you, bud. Anytime. All right. Primaries, they're really important. I'm going to give you another example of that next. You know what else is really important? You not snotting and sneezing and rubbing your eyes all the time. I know you have allergies. You know why you still have allergies? You know why? Because you haven't bought your three-pack of Eden Pure Thunderstorms yet. And I need to prepare you for something. When you get it and you pull out your first one, you're going to be disappointed. I was. My buddy told me, oh, you got to get an Eden Pure, you got to get an Eden Pure. I finally relent and I bought one and I pulled out and it's just like this big. I'm used to these huge towers that, you know, the air filters. This is just this little black box. You're like, what is that thing going to do? It's, it's like a little black miracle. Go plug it into your wall. Plug it into the outlet. Walk away. Come back into that room in an hour. Now you'll know why you bought a three-pack. EdenPureDeals.com. Code JESSE. Get you a three-pack for $200 off. This thing is a miracle. EdenPureDeals.com code JESSE. Go. Enjoy. We'll be back. It's time for this week in wokeism. Now, it's not just that this race, gender, insanity has infected every single part of our society. Now, I already know you're aware of that. You watch I'm Right every night. I know you're aware of that problem. We, we all get the problem, right? It's not just that it's really bad and it's insane right there. It's important that you understand, and I understand, these people aren't stopping. They're not slowing down. It's not as if these people have been caught red-handed and they caught some outrage over it. Now, oh, okay, we're backing off, guys. You have to understand you're dealing with a demonic religion here. There's no stopping. There's no slowing down. This is communism. This is a religion of death and destruction. 
It's full speed ahead. Disney, you know how many billions Disney has lost because you, to your credit, you cancel Disney Plus. You don't go to Disneyland. You don't go to Disney World. You don't go to the new Marvel movie when it comes out. You don't go to the new Lightyear movie. You know how many billions they've lost? It's important you understand that Disney's full speed ahead. They're putting a transgender in a movie now, and they just made Obi-Wan Kenobi from Star Wars bisexual. Now, picture this. They sat down in a boardroom. You know, these, they always have these big meetings. They sat down in a boardroom, and they're looking up charts and graphs, and, and they see the billions, and they know the reason why, and no one in that boardroom said, all right, we've got to stop. Let's, let's turn this around family-friendly again. Let's, let's, let's do this the right way. Nope. They said, guys, full speed ahead. And that's really an indictment on us as a society is how bold they all are now. I mean, we point out things on TikTok, courtesy of libs of TikTok, always. It's always courtesy of them. It's not just that we have a bunch of insane people going after kids. It's that they feel completely comfortable recording themselves, announcing their intention to go after children, and then posting it online for everybody to see. It's insane. So at the start of a semester, I ask my students for their pronouns, a reminder that they are not preferred, but they are the pronouns that we should be addressing them by. And I also ask them to tell me if I can use their pronouns in front of the class, in front of other teachers, and when I call home, because everyone is in a different part of their journey, and we need to be able to respect that. I've been doing some reading this summer, uh, and so I thought I would share a couple of books, because you have a little bit of time left to do some reading. I also read Jack Not Jackie by Erica Silverman. Phenomenal read. So if you're a K-1, 2, 3 even, it's a really good read called Jack Not Jackie. Um, and I really enjoyed that, and I'm excited it'll be on our shelves in the media center this fall. You have a moment to keep me quiet, and although you can try, better men have hit their knees, and bigger men have died. They published that themselves. Why aren't these people afraid? They're not backing off. John Fetterman, you know who John Fetterman is? A gigantic, hideous man. He is maybe going to be a United States Senator, especially because we have Dr. Oz, useless idiot, running against him in Pennsylvania. I want you to listen very closely to potentially the next United States Senator from Pennsylvania. Do you believe transgender women should be allowed to play on women's sports teams at the youth, youth through college level? Yes. They're not backing off. They're not slowing down. They're not, they're not sitting around saying, guys, they're on to us. We're crazy. We got to back off. They are pressing the gas pedal. So again, let me remind you, you cannot live and let live your way out of this. We have not gotten nearly aggressive enough with these people. What you're about to see from Heavy D right here is but a taste of what we have to begin doing. Talk about these very young kids getting gender-affirming care. They don't tell you what that is, is they're actually giving very young girls mis double mastectomies. They want to castrate these young boys. That's wrong. And so we've stood up and said, both from the health and children well-being perspective, you know, you don't disfigure 
10, 12, 13-year-old kids uh, based on gender dysphoria. 80% of it resolves anyways by the time they get older. So why would you be doing this? I think these doctors need to get sued for what's happening. I'm sorry. I like it. Good for Heavy D. Suing is but the beginning. The truth is these people should be in prison. All right. We have Lighten the Mood coming up next. Before we get to Lighten the Mood, let me tell you something. You need some gold. And it, look, it's not that I want you to have something shiny and nice, although it's nice to have that, right? You should have gold in your physical possession. And I don't mean big gold bars, right, like Fort Knox. I, I mean gold coins. You should have gold coins in your physical possession because there's no downside. There's only upside. Look, if you, if you buy gold coins, Oxford Gold Group will deliver them to your front door. If you buy gold coins, and let's say the dollar doesn't collapse and we don't enter a Great Depression and you never need them, you understand that those gold coins are still worth a lot and you could save them forever, hand them down to your kids, they can hand them down to their kids, they're not going to expire. You've lost nothing. But if the dollar does go down, if we do go Great Depression, and you need to use something to buy something with, they might save your life. Call 833-995-GOLD and tell Oxford Jesse told you to call. There's no downside. There's only upside. 833-995-GOLD. I know them personally. They're wonderful people. Super laid back. No pressure. Don't worry about it. 833-995-GOLD. We'll be back. I don't understand you people who do these things that might kill you all the time. And, and, and I'm not risk averse. Right? I've, I've done plenty of dangerous things, but people who intentionally do things that might make them dead, why are you doing that? You know what? I'll, I'll play you the video in a second before we get to that. I want you to, if you're a homeowner, I want you to understand this. Your home title is your biggest financial vulnerability. You don't think about it that way. I never did. Right? It's just a home title. But as soon as they started putting all of them online, your home title's online now. It's out there in the cloud. It made it right easy pickings for all these cyber thieves. They're out there right now looking for your home title. If they find it, they will hack into it, forge your signature on it, and wipe you out. They'll take loans out against your home. They'll get you evicted. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and sign up today. When you do that, They'll detect any tampering in your home title and shut it down immediately. HomeTitleLock.com. All right. Skydiving, paragliding. What's wrong with you people?
Oh my god! Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.